0: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone, joining the show now live from Las Vegas. Of course, uh, you hear him from noon to 3, a big part of our college football coverage as well, the one and only Hans
1: Olson. Hello, Hans. What an honor. What an honor <laughs> and a privilege to be on the Jake and Ben show, uh, obviously skyrocketing in ratings. I know that you have one listener at least, and that's me every single day. Uh, big fan of the show, and I am just honored to be on with both of you. It only took uh, six sense. or seven
2: weeks to get you on.
1: Hey. Well, <laughs> you <laughs> jumping. Yeah, well, I saw that you've had everybody, everybody else on at least two or three times, and I'm going to try not to be offended by that.
0: Oh, you should not be, Hans. We, uh, Save the best for last. Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> hey, if Hans is down in Vegas covering the Pac-12 championship game, we're getting that guy on the air. We're getting that expertise. Plus, I, I often am curious as to what Hans does in Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I've uh, actually been working on a plan to get myself next to the stadium so that I can do pre and post. And, uh, Jake, you know me. I am quick with my words and I am uh, physically imposing so when I say to somebody yeah I'm supposed to be here and they're like oh really (laughs) and I'm like yeah and they're like oh okay well I think we have a room for you so here I am in a very nice room and I am right here we'll just say next to the stadium and I'm excited because I'm kind of by where all the things are going to be going on. So it's a nice setup, a perfect place uh, for all the coverage so I can get back and forth on pre- and post-game coverage and and give everybody everybody insight that we can possibly pick up.
2: This is the most confident I've felt for Utah going into a Pac-12 championship game, certainly more so than Oregon two years ago, even though Utah was really good, and then better than Washington three years ago. Am I crazy to think that?
1: No, you're not crazy to think that. I would say you're crazy if you didn't feel that because of what happened in game one and I've got a lot of people that are believing that game two is going to be wildly different and, and it very well could I, I keep second guessing myself on what Mario Cristobal is going to do and how Oregon's going to come out and play this game I've gone through three or four different scenarios on what to expect from Oregon but the one thing that I can expect from Utah is the capabilities of the three-headed tight end monster, Cam Rising has been become much more consistent. They've got the best linebacker in the Pac-12, and they've got the best defensive end in the Pac-12. I, I can rely on those things, and I think that that is going to be enough for Utah to get a win. I And, yeah, Ben, I'm with you. I think this is the most confident I've been in a Pac-12 championship game, too.
0: So, Hans, I want to ask you about a cliché. Uh, but but really this is a question about cam rising cuz it seems to me and Ben and I have talked about this that he's a gamer you know when the situation calls for it he goes out and makes plays and maybe the reason that that Utah didn't select him this year or felt the need to recruit somebody else is maybe that doesn't translate to practice or camp or those sorts of things can you talk about the concept of being a gamer have you seen that a lot in your career where a player in practice might be You know, good, okay, whatever, but as soon as the the occasion calls for it, they're a completely different player.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of different gamers, and gamers come at every position group, guys that just step up and can blow out a game. And I've seen it from a defensive end. Uh, I was good friends with this defensive end that was on the team, and he was a night owl and he was a partier, and he would show up smelling like a, a distillery, and it was shocking what he could do for at least two and a half quarters. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> at, least, at least two and a half quarters, he was going to guarantee you a couple sacks. Um, there there were gamers. You know, I actually think that Edron James was a bit of a gamer. Um, he, uh, he, he was good at practice, and, you know, he was – he was consistent and solid in practice, but there was this flip that he would switch in a game that I never saw through Through two camps. He was actually gone my by my third year. I was there for the first two years with him, and then he was gone my third year. Um, but he was unbelievable in game-time situations. He, he practiced hard. Don't get me wrong on that. He practiced hard, but there was this other gear. So... It is very common. There are gamers, but, you know, I've dug into the uh, the whole thing with Charlie and Brewer and Cam Rising and the back and forth and the competition that was there. And when it really came down to it, it came down to Charlie Brewer's experience, and it just trumped Cam Rising's experience. The 10,000 yards, they, it was really hard for Coach Ludwig and Coach Whittingham and everybody to look past the 10,000 yards this kid had put up. And there might have been some promises. There might have been some guarantees. I don't know that for a fact. I haven't got real deep in, in digging on that. But it was the experience, I think, that, that really blew that open. Because Cam Rising, from everything, every report I've got in, in important parts of practice, Cam Rising's been really good. What's the bellwether tonight
2: for Utah that things are going well? What What's the first sign you're looking for from the youths that says, hey, they, they do really have a chance to win this title?
1: So, when Oregon comes out and tries to really run the ball because Ben Oregon is going to come out and they 're going to commit to the run. I, I even think if Utah were to jump up to a thirteen to nothing lead, I think Oregon in the first quarter I think Oregon is still pounding 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 If they get to a twenty four to three lead, I think they 're going to keep pounding, pounding, pounding. So I think in that first quarter, what does Utah do when die and Brown mix on different option looks, power looks, and some type of run scheme that might uh, look similar to what Oregon State did or might look similar to some of the the run games we've seen do okay against Utah, how do they hold up against that? And then secondly, on the offensive side of things for Utah, how does their run game produce? Because I think Utah – should come out and say, all right, so we did this once, let's try it again. Before we go to plan B, which I guarantee you they've got plan B in the works because I think Oregon is going to bring uh, an extra big, they're going to keep an extra body in the box. They're going to do everything they can to stop the run. So how does Utah stop Oregon's run scheme and run commitment? And how does Utah's run game look? Because if Utah has any semblance of a run game, I think they're going to have a lot of aspects in the passing game to work off of that.
0: So, I guess that begs the question he has talking about stopping the run. What was the difference between the Ute run defense against Oregon two weeks ago, where they held them to what, 60 some odd yards? Yeah, 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 yeah which is just ridiculous, compared uh-huh. to the game against the Beavs, where Utah couldn't stop the run all night? What was, what was the difference?
1: That's a great question. It really feels like it was a commitment from the players. It, it just feels like they were just more ready. I, I don't think Oregon's front can move them, uh, Can could move that Utah defensive front like Oregon State's defensive front. And then I, I say that, but then Oregon held Oregon State to, uh, what was it, 80 yards, I think. I, th- I think Oregon held Oregon State last week to like 80-something yards rushing. And – and so i i would like to think that um, that i would like to think that utah's offense or, or defensive line just bowed up and changed their mentality I, I there's not there wasn't a ton of scheme difference that that i saw i mean the, it, to me jake it felt like they came into that oregon game more concerned with corralling uh, brown than they did stopping the run and i, I feel like the run stop was just a product of what they were doing to corral Brown. They just wanted to make sure every gap was controlled and they really wanted to force him to beat them with his arm, which he he really couldn't do, which he did do against Oregon state. He actually looked pretty good through the air. He had a couple of really solid deep balls against Oregon state. His, his arm looked much better. He looked much more committed against Oregon state, but I think it was a product, a lot of it was just a product of them trying to corral Anthony Brown. Who's the single most important player for
2: Utah in this game? I think, you know, you can default to Cam Rising, but but I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of answers.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, the single most important player. I'm wondering if it's, if it's not devon lloyd um devon lloyd is so important in containing and like i, I mentioned shutting down gaps because one thing that anthony brown did really good in that oregon St- against oregon state was was um attack edges and and really force them to take a look off those edges and then if they weren't respecting those edges then he was taken off running and then when they did respect him he ditched it deep a couple times um i'm gonna say the most important player in this game for utah is devin lloyd the answer for this
0: utah team it might always be devin lloyd don't you think like regardless of the matchup i mean he is
1: so good Yeah, it it really probably is, Jake, because Utah has put so much emphasis into their defense, even though Kyle Whittingham has talked about how they take a look at at the numbers and and the numbers show that offense is more important. It's still Utah, so it's still a defensive-oriented team, and they seem to always have their best athletes and their best performances on the defensive side of the ball. There's so much emphasis there, so... You could probably say Devin for every game, just based off of what Utah's staple is.
0: Hans, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll be listening, of course, new to three and all your great coverage on the station all day long. But we appreciate you jumping on with us.
1: Yeah, sounds good, guys. Uh, appreciate it. And I've uh, I I believe the Utah I I believe that Utah is going to repeat in this one. I I th- I believe they're going to get their second win against Oregon, um, but. This should be a much more competitive game. If Mario Cristobal and his staff weren't complacent and aren't just thinking, well, we're just going to go out there and push them around, they won't do that. They, they need to have an intelligent game plan. So we'll see how, how, they, uh, how they come out, what kind of game plan they come out with.
0: And just to confirm, uh, you being you, the implication of you being you, you're basically squatting in a room right by the stadium? That's the implication, Ben. This is why Hans gets what he wants, because he can just say stuff. And then the the silent implication yep. of is if you say no, I'm going to remove your arm from your body and, and beat you with it. And thus, you know, you get a chance to do a radio show let, next to the stadium. Me, you get good locale.
1: Let me just say, I am in a very, very convenient spot um, yeah. and and we are going to be very close to the coverage
0: here. and who's gonna tell you to move yeah who's gonna stop you? nobody nobody's telling nobody, you yet. You. No. nobody yet no but nobody's telling you. you you go tell that large bald man over there that he's got to move somewhere else i ain't doing it
1: <laughs> hey do you remember when uh john lund and i did the pre and post game in the media room for the uh, byu Alabama? or sorry BYU-Oklahoma game and uh, got ourselves in a nice little bind in there. That, well, that's, that, that, that actually, we got in trouble for that one.
0: Well, that's exactly why I sent you and Lund to, uh, when I was program director at the time, to cover the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Utah beats Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. All of a sudden, we've got, I can't remember who it was. It was like Matt Osciotta or Brian Johnson or something. I'm doing the post game back in Salt Lake and it's like, hey, we've got uh, Brian Johnson on the phone live from the on-field celebration. It was like, we do? It was like, yeah, Hans just handed him a phone and said, "Here you go, do this interview. What are you going to do? Tell Hans no right. what, what's poor Brooke Frederickson going to do? Like, hey, Hans, I mean, you know nothing.
1: It was awesome. it was it, it was, it was, it, was it, it was a good it, it postgame show. Yeah, and they did. They threw him on for us and and it was it was spectacular, so hopefully we get some good sound. I know I, I, know, I know I got in trouble for that one too, but you, worth you it, you uh, it, it Sometimes it is worth it. No, but we're this is all by the books. But yeah, we are in a but very not. good spot. Yeah, <laughs> very good spot. Thanks, Hans. You bet, guys. See you, buddy.
0: Uh, the one and only Hans Olson with us.
2: I think you can make an argument. Obviously, the Cam is going to be the most important player tonight. You could make an argument that it's going to be Brant Keithy, who was huge two weeks ago when they beat Oregon because he just kept getting open on third down and kept moving the sticks. Tavion Thomas is obviously what defines Utah's offense. When Tavion Thomas is going, Utah's offense is going. I think you could make it for Mika Tafua, where if you're able to get pressure, you're going to keep Oregon from... Actually, one of the things Oregon did well is they moved the ball with big shots down the field against Utah when that, was not been, that had not been their M.O. all season. Uh, they, they did have some deep balls that they were successful on. And at that same point, you could say it's Mika Tafua who's got to get pressure, or it's Clark Phillips who has to be the guy. You know, He has to turn into this four- or five-star recruit uh, that Utah's relying on him to be, and he needs to have his best game of his career. Britton Covey can be a game-changer just in what he does in special teams. I mean, I think there are—and then, of course, Devin Lloyd. I mean, there are so many names you could throw out there of if they have a big game, Utah's in a good spot. But the nice thing is, it felt like at the beginning of the year watching— San Diego State or BYU, it just didn't feel like Utah had enough dudes, right? It just didn't feel like Utah had enough playmakers. And now that's been there, there's no lack of playmakers, game in and game out. Like there's always somebody willing to step up and have a a, a you know a, a game breaking play. And, and I think you've seen that a lot. The reason
0: I think the most important player is Devin Lloyd uh, is because they have got to stop the run. That's the number yes. one. Yep. I think that's the number one key to the game. I think Utah will find a way to score some points. Now maybe it's not forty, but you know. They'll get to the 20s, I would guess, because the offense has been pretty good, as you point out, with Cam rising in the tight ends. But what do you do against Oregon's run game? Because if you make Oregon one-dimensional and take away the run, we saw what happened, Ben. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hit a big player or two, knock yourself right out, you're not coming back in the game because you're not built to do that. You don't have... Justin Herbert
2: at yep. quarterback. Well, what was it? Third and short, and he killed Travis Dye? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you right. absolutely had to get a stop, and he just blew him up, broke through the line, and blew him up, and ended a drive. It's like, yeah, you've got to get a few of those. And Devin and Devin Lloyd's the guy. Well,
0: and it's it's opposite of what Utah really usually does, right? Where Utah's got these monster Correct. defensive linemen, and the the linebackers' job's really easy. Well, they've got a young defensive line. I don't want to, you know, I'm not out here to try and put anybody down, right. but it, it's a little bit different than they've had in the past. But they've got this superhuman linebacker that makes every Everybody look good. It's a little bit different than they usually do. It. Yep. We'll get to more coming up next. Um, our friends from KSLSports.com, uh, Mitch Harper and Trevor Allen, will join the show at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Top three stories from KSLSports.com Sports.com at 1130. Stay tuned. It is Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.